Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Child Whisper Podcast. I'm your host, Carol Tuttle, author of the book, The Child Whisper. If you want to raise happy, successful, and cooperative children, you're in the right place today. Thank you for joining me. The phones are open, and I look forward to supporting you in your parenting goals. You can call in today at 347-677-1963 is the number to call. To get on today's show, I'd love to hear your success story. And I would love to help you with a parenting challenge you're having right now. What's going on in your family? What's showing up for you? Uh, what's getting your attention? I'm sure we can come to some ahas today and you're going to get some insights to resolve that. And you don't have to live one more day with that frustration. I think we tend to get used to a certain amount of frustration and annoyance and we think that that's just part of life. So, um we allow it and we live with it and there's answers and insights that can correct anything to create more balance. Today's topic is all about the type one, type one child, parenting the fun-loving type one child. That's what we're going to talk about today. And a success story to begin with, this mom writes in and says, Carol, child whispering is awesome. My type one seven-year-old is constantly interrupting conversations. I realize now that she's not trying to be rude. She's just expressing her thoughts as they pop into her mind. And I'm sure she's getting, this is my, me talking right now, and I'm sure she's very excited about sharing them. And so the mom, this type four mom continues, as a type four mom, I used to get very irritated and shut her down by telling her to wait until the conversation was over. But now we have developed a more playful way to address it. We let her interrupt with a key word. For what she wants to say, she'll see, she will say, mom, key word, clouds. And then I try to bring the conversation to a pause and then remind her by saying, okay, honey, your key word was clouds. And she says, oh, yeah, and proceeds to tell me about a cloud that she saw that looked like a horse, for example. This works so well because she loves how it's like a game. And she is able to remember what she was going to say. Before this, she would cry out of frustration because by the time there was a break in conversation, she had forgotten her thought. Thank you for helping me recognize and empower my little ray of sunshine. I love this story for various reasons. I love that this type four mom recognized that her her daughter's own nature was not to notice that there was a conversation and she her mom was talking. A type four seven-year-old would very likely tune into that and would not just start talking amidst another person's conversation but a type one is no a seven-year-old has no intent to be rude so thank you mom for recognizing that was not your daughter's intent she just her energy presents with such enthusiasm that she just just responded to it as she felt it and had the experience that she expressed it 
and her more extrovert manner. And so what a wonderful way to then, this mom then received inspiration. And that's what I say. I don't have all the answers for each of the four types of children in my book, The Child Whisperer. But it is a 420-page book, and I do have a lot of examples that will then help you open to receiving your own insights, your own inspiration, your own awareness in behalf of your child. And I think the story really rep, uh, resembles that. It shows that in, in this mom's actual real-life experience that I never gave her that idea. She came to that by her own sense of inspiration for her daughter. And that's what I love about the child whisperer. Rather than being left to try and find an answer to fix the problem, you're now parenting from a place of being conscious of your child so that you're open to inspiration because that newfound understanding helps you receive inspiration. And it's almost, uh, as I, you've heard me talk to other moms about this, it allows you an opportunity to see how inspired you can be as a parent. And you see it differently. You see that your child's motives are not from a place of ill intent. They're actually just being themselves. I appreciate that question or that success story very much. You can send your success stories to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Let's start today's topic, which is parenting the fun-loving type one child. And I'll be doing a series. They're not consecutive weeks, but look forward in the next couple of months that I will be covering, uh, dedicating a podcast to each of the four types of children and parenting that child. So today we will start with type one. The energy always starts with type one energy. I explain this, um, I, I've shared it in many places, and I'll explain it briefly here, that this is movement we're talking about. It's a movement that exists beyond our human nature. It's a movement all that expresses in all of nature, the animal kingdom, plant kingdom, all of nature is expressing these four movements. Because as, as I teach, and it's just my nature, these four elements are derived from the four elements that we are chemically designed from at a biological level. Nitrogen, oxygen, hydrogen, and carbon. And each of those has a distinct characteristic of movement that come together to express all of our physical experience, which we are a part of. And so in that, we have the type one fun-loving child. Their movement is naturally upward and out, more random, more connect, disconnect, more spontaneous, more just up and out, uh, in bursts of up and out. Our type, the type two movement is a fluid flowing soft downward movement. The energy of the movement is lower. It's not, it's just, there's less movement there. And it's a very softened quality of movement. Type three, and we call this the sensitive child. Type three is our determined child because the movement is a push forward, substantial, more intense quality. It's just the way that they move through life. And type four is our more serious child because the movement is more structured. It's more, uh, it just has a refinement to it, more balance, and it has this quality of um, being exact in how the movement expresses. So with that, the first question, this mom writes in, I read The Child Whisperer recently. I think I'm a type two mom, and my almost four-year-old is type one. She's either passionately happy or just as passionately angry. 
She tends to be very extreme and explosive with her emotions. I've read that type ones do not like structure or routine because it's too controlling. This is the one part where my type one daughter strays from the description. She thrives on routine, specifically with bedtime, as she demands consistency in such a manner that she almost comes off as OCD. Even after we've gone through our routine and try to leave and close the door, she starts screaming at the top of her lungs, I love you, I love you, don't leave, don't leave. She will say the same words over and over again, begging for hugs and kisses, even if we've already done that. Lots of bawling tears and so much screaming that it's really disconcerting. We have a two-week-old newborn in the home now, but this behavior escalated a few months ago. So my question is, how do I help her work through the separation anxiety that she exhibits at bedtime? Um, I'm going to suggest to have you really to reconsider if you've profiled your daughter correctly. Uh, what you're telling me about here doesn't in any way, if you've narrowed it down to what like passionately happy or passionately angry, uh, I'm sensing what you're expressing has more type four quality of expression in it than type one, either or black or white. I'm either here or I'm there. There's no, not a lot of middle ground for type four expression. It's I'm either happy or I'm angry. You just explain that. She's anything that you would describe as being leaning on obsessive compulsive, meaning that she's looking for an extreme need for it, which there's an imbalance here. I want to, I want to speak to that. There's definitely an imbalance. Something's going on that your child is, is giving you this kind of uh, behavioral response. It's very well that you think she might be a type one and you're trying to lighten everything up, but she's really a type four. So reconsider that she might be a type four energy based on what I'm reading here, how you've described it. That doesn't feel light to me. See, this energy feels more heavy, structured, very more serious going on or how you wrote about your child. I don't, I don't, you've not described her in any way to be light and playful. You've described her to be very, um, and, and very bold in the way she's, she's why she has an opinion and she wants to be heard. And so she's very boldly expressing her opinion in a repetitive way. So please refer to the characteristics and, and their physical features. I teach you them, generally speaking, in the book, but I show you in the 26 video library that I have on the Child Whisper blog that you can find there in the book resources link that you can actually find a, a collection of 26 videos that will allow you to go through these videos so you can start to see the behavior tendencies and physical features and, and the physical traits that these kids all exhibit. Because I've talked to a lot of parents and a lot of children in those 26 videos, and you're going to see some patterns that to start displaying the more of them you watch. So that's my um, sense of this, that there's possibly a misprofiling situation going on so that you're not actually parenting her in a manner that's honoring to her so that she's having this really extreme response to you. It's not about the routine at bedtime. There's something that's not, she's too young for you to try and figure it out with her four years old is quite young, but that kind of response to saying something's out of balance, my child's under stress, they're really not trying to make my life miserable. You do have a two-week-old newborn in the family. Um, a lot of little factors influencing this, but what is, you know, as you start asking the question, what's real? Again, the mom that was on my show last week that shared, like, what do I need 
she changed the question from what do I need to do to fix this to what's the real issue here? Why is my child so extreme in their behavior? I need to receive inspiration on that. You know, and so in this case, um, a lot of parents will think, well, my child's a type one. They like to have fun. They're children. They're, they're children. children ha all children have a child energy of being children. So you might think that we, we, if anything, we'll cast children into a type one energy, and then when you take a type four child and they're not a type one, we think something's off with them because they seem more serious when they should just be lighthearted and playful because they're kids. So with parents, um, make sure you don't make that mistake to say, well, they're a type one because look how cute their faces are. Well, they are, you know, all children get to be cute in that sense. It's just not all children are type one children. So my next question, uh, this mom writes in, my seven-year-old daughter is a type one with a secondary three, while my other three children are two fours and four twos, and I'm a type one four myself and can relate to my daughter's light, fun movement, but the rest of my kids cannot. They are all under 11 years old, and I just don't know how to stop the fighting. I tell people my type four son sees in black and white, and my type one daughter sees in technicolor. That's very cute. I would agree. Yeah, your daughter's got a very high movement. Um, type one energy and type three energy are the highest movement. So you combine those as a dominant and secondary energy. You've got either the highest, you know, in any, if either it's a type one of secondary three, type three of secondary one, you've now combined the two highest movements to create a very high movement child. Uh, one thing I want to suggest is that, um, and we did this in our household, my type one son during his teen years and my type four son, the, our type one since adopted. So there was only two years different, two days difference in their age. So they were kind of a, they were, they were twins without being really twins. It, what we learned was it would be irritating to my type four son when my type one son was just being his very expressive type one self. But what I learned from that is our public space in our home, we should not be shutting, you know, trying to condition our children to act a certain way in behalf of other family members, that there's an appropriate way to be yourself in the family space, kitchen, family room, uh, playroom. These are neutral zones. These are the place that everybody just gets to be themselves. And I taught my type four son, if that became overwhelming to him, then he needed to remove himself from that neutral, that family space, that that space was honoring to all of us. And if that was just a little overbearing at times, which I understood, then he needed to seek out a more private, more solitude. Now, you didn't share how the rooms are arranged. And if they sharing rooms. We've got four children, um, and the one is a higher movement, and the other three are lower movements. So you would want to make sure that the staging of the rooms is complementary to their energetic movements. Which children are more suited to be able to share a space? Which child might need their own space so they're not micromanaged and told what to do in their own bedroom by a sibling? Uh, 
having siblings parent a child or give negative feedback. That's very, children fight because they feel competitive to be themselves. There's various reasons why children argue, but in this case, I think these children are at odds with each other because they don't feel supported and loved by each other. Have you read the child whisper to your children? Do they understand? Are you teaching them about the differences in the natural expression of who each of you are? giving them the insight and tools to then have expectations that are appropriate for their siblings. So three things I've shared with you. How are you managing your family space, what I call the neutral space of the home? Secondly, what is, how are you staging the room arrangements and who's sharing with who so that it creates, uh, sets it up so there's more opportunity for success and honoring of what people, each child needs in their personal space. And third, are they informed? Do they know about the difference in each other's nature? And how are they talking to each other? Because, you know, I taught my children not to speak ill of each other. If they had an issue to come to one of their, myself or their father and say, I need some help. Your children are quite young, so they need, you know, it's not like you can just send them off to a room to resolve this, which we actually got to a point when we, our children had enough information and tools and they didn't have energy profiling at the time. So that would have been more supportive even, but that we empowered them to work through their issues together because arguments are a byproduct of children being misunderstood by each other. Uh, just yeah, I'm not going to reduce it just to this. I'm talking to this particular question in particular that I really feel the byproduct, the arguments are a byproduct of children where pa- parents need to manage the f- household because I imagine these arguments are happening in the family. So what needs to happen? How are you going to manage the space of the family home to allow your children to have more, to create love and respect for each other? And again, as you pray about what's going on, you'll get answers for that. And you're welcome to call in today. It, you don't have to be on topic of the show if you've got a question that's different from my um, today's show topic. That's fine. Uh, give me a call. Just the written questions specifically are focused on parenting the fun-loving type one child. Let's talk about a teenager. My, I'm a type three mom, and my type one 17-year-old daughter just confided in me that she was abused when she was six years old by her eight-year-old cousin. Her words were, I was raped by him, and she hates to be hugged or touched by anyone. Now she's saying that she is afraid of boys and men. She has a boyfriend and recently started having nightmares and flashbacks. My question is, does the child whisper address this kind of thing? And do you have any recommendations for how I can help her and heal so it doesn't mess up her dating and marriage years? Is there any energy healing that can be done for this type of thing? We have gotten along for many years. She is angry with me for not being there for her, feels abandoned, doesn't like to be touched, and pushes people away. She acts like a tough bully kind of person on the outside, but inside, I know she is that sweet little girl who loves babies, helping people, baking, playing soccer, and has the tender tenderest of heart. She seems lost from herself right now. I think I am to blame because many years ago when her dad and I were having a hard time, we still have a hard time. This daughter was a tattletale and in anger once I said something like, do you want to cause us to get divorced? She was about three years old at the time. So this baggage added to that. 
to the fact that I wasn't there to save her from her cousin has really put a wedge between us. Can you offer any help? Okay, I'm going to give you some, um, I, my first hit, my first impression is you need to get her with a counselor. She needs to be able to, she's angry at you and be okay with that. She should be. It's reasonable. You didn't do it on purpose. You weren't trying to hurt her. You had your own stuff going on, but you did. Uh, you weren't there for her. Um, having been sexually abused as a child, I know this territory extremely well. Um, having Knowing the phases of it, the phases of healing, anger is a big one. She needs to be supported in being angry. Because you're, you're hurting her again by, if you try and overlook the anger, it's like saying, you know, it does, she's angry because what the anger represents, which I think is really phenomenal, is that she knows she's angry that she wasn't treated better because in her heart, her truth is that she knows she should have been. And her mother and father should have protected her. Now, if this were an eight-year-old, we're talking about two children. So both children are a byproduct. You know, an eight-year-old is, um, if that's happening with an eight-year-old, that's learned behavior by something that was going on in that child's life. Those aren't, that's not normal childhood uh, behavior. That's, a, you know, most likely that child experienced abuse as well. So we got two victims here. But she's not there yet. When you hear the anger, when you hear, that's a six-year-old crying out. That's a six-year-old that's lived with this for nine, for 11 years. The good news is she's only 17 and she's not taking this and, and addressing it when she's 35 and having made a lot of choices from a place of being a victim in life that she held at the subconscious level because this stuff really messes with your whole sense of value and your own body. So she needs professional help. And she needs probably to go to someone and uh, you need to pray that you'll find the right counselor that will help her through this and understand and start to heal. There's a six-year-old that's been abused that needs to be healed in a 17-year-old's body. So she's feeling like she's six years old. So that's why she's scared and she doesn't want, she, it's impaired her development. It's impaired her development with her sexuality, her body. For social experience and that needs to be addressed personally I have um, I mean I do one-on-one -on -one sessions with people um, I don't think she's ready to work with me I could do some I could definitely help the mom in this case because this is showing up for a reason in your life as well and you just you said it too you still have a hard time and you've got a lot that you need to clear to create space for your daughter to heal. You've got to be doing your own healing in order for you to start your healing. Uh, I have the healingschool.com resources. If you go to caroltuttle.com, I do have a, a CD called Healing Sexual Issues uh, for you to understand this a little more. You've got to get educated. You've entered a, you don't think you know what to do at this point. Energy healing definitely you need someone to facilitate that with your daughter, but I think she needs conventional therapy at first. And hey, there's a lot of traditional therapists that are actually versed in and schooled in alternative methods like uh, rapid eye therapy, EMDR, and tapping and healing strategies because they've been that's really shifted in that world in the last decade. So. Don't think you can do this on your own. That's my answer. So 
what are the, I've suggested some resources. The question you should be praying about and asking is what resources would be supportive to help my daughter heal and help me heal and help improve my marriage. Cause uh, definitely you want to clear that was to say to your daughter, do you want it to cause us to get a divorce? Children are already feeling like they're the reason their parents are upset when they're three years old. So a lot of opportunity for healing. The Carol Tuttle Healing Center is also a good resource that I provide. And there you go. See which see what feels correct to you. And definitely make that a matter of prayer and asking for guidance because this is a very, be grateful this has come forward at a really pivotal time in her life uh, prior to her moving into her adult experience. Be grateful for that and that she felt safe enough. Even though she's angry, angry anger is um, a classic response at this point. She still feels safe enough to have brought you in. The lines are open at six. 347-677-1963. I'll be taking callers uh, for about 10 more, 10 to 12 more minutes. And at that point, we'll be too close to the end of today's show. But I'd love to have you call in today. So uh, give me a call. My next question. Hi, Carol. I'm a type 3 mom and my husband is a type 2. My type 1 11-year-old son is wetting the bed lately. And we don't know what to do. Eight months ago, there was a long period of time in which he wet the bed. But we thought it was because his only grandfather got sick and died. A few weeks later, we had to move to another country. So he's had some huge changes in life. Two weeks ago, we started to wet the bed again. But this time, we don't have a clue what tensions are causing it. Every time he does, he goes to our bed and cuddles next to me. At first, he told us about it and confessed to wetting the bed, but the last two times, he just says that he had a nightmare and a nice having wet the bed, wetting the bed. Later on, when we tried to talk about it with him, we don't get very far in the conversation because he doesn't want to talk about it. I have to confess that him what I have to confess that him wetting the bed and then lying to us about it triggers my anger. I don't express it to him, but I know he notices I'm upset. He usually doesn't tell lies, so I think he must be quite desperate himself. Can the reason be that he is reading some books that scare him? They are detective books, and he said that they are scary sometimes. What can we do to help him overcome the situation? Um, I'm gonna. What I'm getting on this is this feels more biological than possibly emotional. There may be some emotional stuff there, but type ones are pretty adaptable to move to new countries and things like that. Another thing I want you to look at, he's 11 years old. Boys at this age very well can start having wet dreams. They can start having an ejaculation experience, and that could include wetting his bed around this phase of life. I did post an article on the child. uh, I have a blog post on the sexual development of boys and girls that you need to be educated about because you might be placing this on an emotional reason when it's actually physical. How much water, you know, maybe his bladder just can't take him through the night. Maybe he has, he is, he just got a body got to get a little bigger. And how much liquid does he have in the latter part of the day? And how much can he have so that he goes to bed with a fairly empty bladder? Does he make sure he goes to the bathroom before he goes to bed? Type 1s aren't going to remember things like that. <laughs> type 1s and type 3s will put off going to the bathroom for different reasons. Type 1s will 
put it off just because, you know, they get distracted. They're just focused on other things and they can dis disconnect from it, even though their bladder's full. Type threes put it off because we just think, I don't have time. I don't want to take time for that. And yet then there's side effects from that, you know, that, that we incur where women, you know, adults could have um, issues with bladder infections and stuff going on. I made a real point now to respond to my body when it speaks to me. Use the bathroom now. So consider the fact that there's some, have you talked to your son about his sexual, the his physiological development that involves his his sexual response to life about uh, that he very well could be experiencing having a response mechanism with seeing girls or you know things get his body starts to react and he's not aware what's going on and, and we've shamed this for so you know it's such a we've made it such a shameful topic in our culture you know, I wrote these blog posts just for that fact to say, you know, parents, you got to get empowered on this. You've got to be at ease with this. You got to be able to talk about these things so kids know what's going on with their bodies and they can start to work with their bodies and own their bodies and honor their bodies. And, you know, 11 year old boy is right at that age where these, you know, there's this, the pre puberty, you know, he's moving into a lot of changes. His voice is going to change. So this article that I wrote, the post I wrote gives you information on what can you expect for these different life changes at this phase between anywhere which for boys it's going to be between 11 and 15 girls can start as early as nine i mean it can start quite early for a, a young girl but it's more typical to be at up around 11 10 11 12. there's this range because there's no textbook to at this age your child's physiology will be changing to this their hormones are different, their bodies are different. It might be even, we might see some patterns there that are more type specific, although I have absolutely no observation or anything to go by, not been looked at. So just no value really to that comment, just saying it's possible. So that's my sense though, is you need to, I think it might be putting pressure on him that you're making this more about a type, but an emotional issue. Why don't you approach it differently about a physical um, dynamic going on and then really look in to that blog post about um, the my producer will put links to those posts in the show notes so you can reference those anyone listening to this so that you'll get empowered to be able to to see that you know something's just are a physical condition not so much emotional you're really looking at we have four bodies of energy. We have a spiritual energetic body, we have a mental body, an emotional body, and physical. We experience our connection with God. There can be some spiritual things we have to clear because there's been a lot of, uh, I'd say, religious dogma that's been kind of clarified through the years to release us to more truth so that, you know, definitely culture affects how we interpret certain religious, um, how we apply what we adhere to as our religious beliefs are definitely affected by the culture of the day. You know, for a good example is money is evil. You know, that, that was inherited by a lot of people in the time in which we live because in the pre and our ancestors time, there was, we have DNA. Historically, we have our ancestral just the byproduct of that is an old program where before the commerce and money became the primary exchange of energy, 
it was a more of a barter of goods and services. And so in the early days of becoming a, a commerce, you know, where we trans, the transaction with money, people would have, you know, thought money is an evil thing, you know, because it changed our humanity. But people could have thought having a toilet in your home was an evil thing because all they knew was the other. See what I'm saying? That on a spiritual level, we carry old information. On a mental level, that's where our thoughts are. That's where our, we can be impaired by our own limiting beliefs and inherited beliefs from family systems. On an emotional body, there's an unexpressed emotional experience. There's old emotional wounding. There's emotions that are repressed that have never been expressed. They get repressed because they've never been expressed. Then there's the physical body, which also has an energetic component. But on the physical level, you have actual the physiology of your body that uh, you need that. So those four, are, they give you a, they give you a um, reference to where's the issue. And I'm actually launching a new course. It's going to be, uh, produced by my uh, publisher, Mind Valley, we were calling it Soul Print Healing for Affluence. And I'll be teaching this uh, as a construct of where does the issue lie that you can start to reference. And then I teach in this course, Energy Healing Tools, to actually be able to do the healing work on whatever energy body that the imbalance exists or the, the disturbance. There's an energetic disturbance held, you know, with one of those four, within one of those four, and it could be all four, because sometimes that's the case as well. Just a little side note on things that are coming up for me. Um, got a couple callers. Thanks for calling in. Allison, you are live on the show. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for calling in. How can I help you? <laughs> well, I'm calling about my type one, 13 year old daughter. She um, is developed a little bit of social anxiety at school. She has a huge open heart and kind of takes stuff on and has her tight-knit group of friends that is afraid to express herself at school. So she has a turn to social media and um, and she is posting in, in ways and on sites that aren't really in line with our family's values. And I can see that this is her outlet for connecting with the world but she's not posting as herself and and again we aren't in agreement with some of the sites and ways in which she's posting so i'm just looking for What's some her, direction what, on how to help her what media what platforms is she using well um flickr was one and then she was running an instagram account for a while she's kind of uh, straight away from facebook but um yeah definitely oh and tumblr tumblr was the other one what kind of, is it a lot of picture-based posting? Well, her posts are actually are really fun and happy. It's mostly mostly words. I mean, Instagram is pictures, but a lot of the feeds she's following and some of the causes that she's championing are definitely not um, in align with our family values. And again, she's not posting as herself, so she's posting under a, a fandom account. <laughs> Oh, she doesn't have. She's not using her own name, right? And she says she's absolutely she's terrified using, to she's do using that. A, she so she's using a a care. She's made herself a character. <laughs> Basically, do people know yeah. it's her? What? Is she trying to get a following? Is she trying oh, to get a has, following? Yeah, she has a great following actually, and it gives her this huge. She said, "Oh, it gives me just this huge sense that I'm so important and." So why don't you post it yourself? And she's okay. like, oh, then nobody will listen. Nobody will like me. 
How big is her following? Um, well, on Tumblr, she's got um, quite a few hundred people, but we've actually we've actually really limited and cut off a lot of that um, social media just because of some of okay, the so things that were going on. And she's also been here. having some self-destructive behavior with it. So, Right. So this is where, okay, this is a perfect example of where you're nervous, you're scared as a parent. It really gets you, you're like, whoa, whoa. So in an effort to fix the problem, you start to shut down the mechanism that the um, – the mechanism that the issue is being acted out through rather than getting to the issue. Right. See, she's been giving you clues all along. I'm not secure about who I am. I feel inadequate. I've created a false identity because I believe I'll be have my needs met. She has basic needs. She has needs that you did not meet when she was between birth and six years old, which I teach you in the Child Whisperer. The messages every child needs to hear. I teach you five developmental stages. Most likely, you didn't hit them in the first two, okay? You didn't meet her needs between birth and six years old and six to 12. There's actual, go to the book. I I can't remember exactly how I break it down, but there were messages she needed to hear from you when she was just coming into the world and you were there to say, we love you just the way you are. Good chance she didn't know her nature, so you sent her a message that said, we don't love you just the way you are. You need to change. She's accommodated you being a type one, and now she's at odds with who she is and socially accepted by a peer group. That's 12 to 18. Children have a need, emotional need, to then develop into, I need to know that my peer group, people outside my family, find me acceptable. If they've not been grounded in that belief, and that's been really, really established in their family system, we love you because you're you. We love your type one self. We love your spontaneity, your playfulness. Now they're going to move into their ne- this next phase of um, actual acceptance when they have not really established that my family accepts me for who I am. They're not going to believe their social group will accept them for who they are. So she's showing you she was not, she's not, the message she's giving you is I don't believe my family, my mother and father and my sibling accept me for who I am. When a child's saying by age 13, I can't be myself, people won't like me. Well, that starts at home, and that starts very young. And again, you're not, I don't fault you. You didn't have the information that you have now. But you've got to go back, and I teach this all the time. It's not too late to make up for those phases. Read in the book what, the, what for the, the type 1, 0, to three, you know, the the child, the infant, what did they need to hear from you? What you didn't know you were meant to say. What are you still doing that sends the message, we don't like that, you need to change. You need to alter who you are. You know, how many, how long have you been into this information? Um, Well, the child whisper for about two years, and I've known about energy profiling for about three or four but I didn't okay, really have so, a good grasp on it till a couple of years ago. Okay, so you've been doing it a while, but she's showing you some missing pieces in her development. See, so right. hard to do, very hard to do. What if you were to back off the let's fix it through the mechanism she's expressing this? What if you backed off? Because see, what's happening is you're now controlling. 
you're controlling yeah. and she's saying, I'm going to just now break away from you people even more because you're not, you're not addressing the real issue. And then you shut her down and then it's amplified, see, because you're now doing what, you know, you're, you're mirror, you're just now kind of, what if you backed off the, you know, you let her do her thing and you really got to the, got to the issue. Why don't you feel like when she says things to you? Well, if I'm myself, they won't follow me. Really? Wow. I want to learn more about that. Why mm -hmm. do you feel that way? Instead of talking, so you're putting all your focus on what she's doing rather than what does this child believe about herself? How is she feeling? That's yeah. where I want to help her. And then when, it can, when you empower her to love herself, to really accept herself, she doesn't need to do this. And now she's going to work with you. She's going to listen to you. And yet she's now just being forced to do things. Right. Okay. Well, that definitely oh. does make a lot of sense. And she has expressed, she has uh, all types, fours and twos for siblings and parents. So <laughs> she has expressed she's felt different. There you go. So I go back. Right. <laughs> well, she's like in this container. I mean, yeah. and I don't know, maybe it's okay for her to have, she's imaginative. Maybe she wants to have a, a created character for a while. Then it'll get old. Believe me, she's a type one. It'll, you know, play out its lifespan very quickly. And she's on to something else. <laughs> don't worry about yeah. it. You know, <laughs> so you're focusing where you're focusing in the wrong. The issue is not what you're focusing on. The issue is an emotional and a and a, her sense of personal value. Okay. And so, how do we tell her that? Do, I mean, she doesn't really. When she we tell her we love her. She's great just the way she is. She says, "I don't believe you." So do we just keep saying that to her? Yeah. And you say, why don't you believe us? Okay. Get, get, go. These conversations need to be more in depth, you know, it's like, and don't make them passing conversations, you know, go out to dinner with her. Sam, you know, I, I've, I've messed up as your mother. I was, you know, you're my 13 <laughs> year old daughter that doesn't feel like you can be yourself. I'm concerned about that. I screwed up, you know, I want to make this right. Because right. if I had done my job, you wouldn't be feeling this way, you know. Put it on yourself, not her. And just okay. say, I want to learn. I want to do it different. And she might say, then stop shutting down all my accounts right now. And you'd say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you that. Because what do we got to do to build trust here? Because when awesome. she says, I don't believe you, she's really saying, I don't trust you. Hmm. I don't trust you. Because you say it but your actions don't show it. Okay. Hey. Okay, I, I'm just grateful you're willing to ask the question and you're just not willing to do the old parenting style, which is she should just do what we say and it doesn't matter how she feels. So it's a little good scary, for you though. to see this differently. Of course it is. But isn't it more scary that you're going to lose your daughter? Yes. To me, let's look at the big at her age so thanks for calling in um i have we have completed today's show thanks for everyone being here i want to real quick give a um shout out to my blog post to the parents of the bossy girl we've done a series with all four types of girls and the latest one that completes the series is the parents of the bossy girl that's been written by my blog manager and podcast producer 
gotten tons of shares. People are loving this post. They've been loving all of them. And we are going to follow up one with a version for boys. So look forward to that in the upcoming months because we've had requests for that and we want to support the boys as well. And then also on the Carol blog, great post on the real reason you worry what others think of you. Why do we all do this? This is like, really? We spend so much energy on that. So check out that post on thecarolblog.com. And thank you for tuning in today. Join me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the child whisper. Keep liking my website at this podcast at thechildwhisper.com. Keep liking the podcast and keep sharing the book with more parents. So let's keep shifting the way we experience our children. They can be raised true to who they are and not have to heal that once they've entered their adult life. Thanks for listening. As a teacher, healer, speaker, best-selling author of The Child Whisperer and mother of five children, Carol Tuttle is honored to help you take the power struggle out of parenting and better understand the children in your life. If you'd like Carol to answer your question, call in next time or email your question to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Carol invites you to learn more about the four types of children at thechildwhisperer.com and connect with her at thecarolblog.com. If you haven't read The Child Whisperer yet, get your copy through the Child Whisperer website and enjoy happier, more successful, more cooperative children.